Before we start today's episode, I have an invitation for you. For 10 days in March, I want to invite you to get very cringy in your content. I am so excited to be hosting a public challenge that I like to call the cringe challenge. For 10 days, I'm going to challenge you to market more than you ever have before, to post, publish, go live, do all the things that make you cringe. But this doesn't mean you're going to work more, do more, execute more. What I'm asking you is all about stepping into self-trust, moving past the negative thinking that slows down your marketing. The truth is the majority of people out there do not lack the wisdom or knowledge to share brilliant content. What stops them in their tracks is perfectionism. So if you want to shake your perfectionism to the core, this is your chance. You are going to be creating authentic content that feels like you. You're going to be breaking content rules. You're going to be doing all the things you think you're not supposed to be doing. Think about this challenge as the anti-perfectionism challenge. The perfectionist part of your brain wants you to slow down, to think about what you're going to post thoroughly, and then make it pretty on Canva. Not this month. You're going to spend 10 days doing crazy things that you might have not done before this challenge. Posting on IG at 10 p.m., 2 a.m., 5 a.m., do it. Posting seven times in one day, do it. Writing an email one sentence long, let's go. Typos, no problem. Every single marketing rule out the window. We are getting started March 11th and we're celebrating the opening enrollment of Show Up Real, my content and community program on this day. So if you want to get out of your head when it comes to content, join this challenge. It's going to be so much fun. You're going to learn things about yourself and you'll probably grow a lot of engagement while you do it. Sign up using the link below, or you could visit me on Instagram and go to my link in bio to sign up for this challenge and get on the waitlist for Show Up Real. I will see you there. My name is Catalina del Carmen, and I'm on a mission to put more cash in the hands of women of color. I'm a wife, mom, amiga, prima, and I happen to run a multiple six-figure coaching business. On this show, I share sales and marketing strategies that keep your business simple, your mindset focused, your bank account big, and your impact even bigger. So if you are on a mission to create generational change and you want to make a lot of money doing it, welcome to the Latinas Booked Out Podcast. What is up, y'all? Welcome back to Latinas Booked Out Podcast. I hope you are having a wonderful, wonderful start to your week. Y'all, I am so excited about Cringe Challenge. If you haven't heard, which I know you have because there was a promo before this, 
But if you haven't signed up for Cringe Challenge yet, you're going to miss out. I want you to be a part of this. It is going to be the funnest, rule-breaking week of content you've ever experienced. So many people have just got to experience joy in their content through breaking some rules. And that's really what I want for you. This is how you build self-trust. So if you haven't signed up, make sure to sign up. You could do it on my Instagram, in my link in bio, or you could look at the show notes below. Um, Besides that, Show Up Reels also opening when the cringe challenge starts. So just make sure to keep your eyes out if you want to build more community, if you want to create a community online of people who actually want what you're buying, people who are your people. Make sure to keep your eyes peeled and get on the wait list. Okay, let's talk about today's episode. I am so excited. I have an incredible woman on the show today who I admire, who I adore, and who's just overall badass. There is so much I learned about this woman on this episode. Her story is so much grander than what you see on her social media, which she shares so much and she's so honest and she's so real, but this woman's just incredible. So let me tell you about her. So on the show today, I get to talk confidence with the queen of confidence, aka Erica Kramer. So Erica Kramer is an international confidence coach, inspirational speaker, and best-selling author who transformed her story of trauma and adversity into a journey of healing and massive success. Her raw, real, and unapologetic approach has inspired millions of people around the globe to reclaim their confidence and transform their lives. With a global business, an award-winning podcast that has over 2.7 plus million downloads and a bachelor's degree in psychotherapy underway, Erica is a powerhouse of humor and heart who supports people everywhere to take up space and create the life of their dreams. Y'all, this woman when I met her, I didn't meet, I've never met her, <laughs> but when we connected online, we were both a part of an event that our good friend Janice put together and she was a speaker and I was a speaker and this woman is so sweet. She was so friendly to me. She was so kind to me. She checked in on me. And I just love warm people. When you meet good, good people, you know it instantly. And that is Erica Kramer. She is not only this amazing person externally, but like behind the scenes, she is so real and so kind and so sweet and so caring and just a a beautiful person. So on today's episode, we really dig into what that adversity was like. And I really, if you are either going through stuff or you've been through stuff and you really have been, you know you have to work on your confidence, I really want you to take time to listen to this episode. She not only gives us her story on like how she got to her business, but why I really wanted her on the show is she's so raw and so real and she 
really is, is an example of what's possible when it comes to like creating this confidence. And I wanted to share her gift with you. So I know you'll take so much away. Make sure to follow her on Instagram. Um, make sure to tag us both, screenshot this episode, tag us both so that we could reshare and be friendly and do all the things. So you can look her up on Instagram at the, I think it's the queen of confidence, the queen of confidence. All right, y'all, you're going to enjoy this episode. I can't wait to see you on the other side. Erica Kramer, I am so honored to have such a badass new hit on the show. And not only that, but a woman who is like a woman's woman, you know, like you are a person who is so kind and so sweet and such a leader in the coaching space, but just as an influencer and as not like influencer in the influencer way, but <laughs> as an influencer, like in our community, in the community online, I'm just so privileged to have you here. Thank you so much. I love you. I'm just so sad that I can't squeeze your beautiful face mm. and me sitting next to you. But te amo. Thank you so much for that beautiful intro and for doing the freaking work. And everybody here who's listening, make sure you tag us and make sure you yes. review her podcast. Okay. Yes. If you, yeah. <laughs> Screenshot and Do tag us both. We are both friendly. <laughs> yes. We will reshare. <laughs> yes. So, okay. So let's just get into it because there's a lot I want to talk to you about. I wanted you on the show originally. I mean, I wanted you on the show for my personal reasons, just to pick your brain. <laughs> but <laughs> when I was really thinking, I have um, a program, it's called Show Up Real. And the program's really about helping my clients build community online. Mm -hmm. And I really love the community that you've built. And I feel like you really stand out online because you're so, the way you communicate with your audience, the way your authenticity is just, it exudes showing up real and it exudes confidence and it exudes you like it's it's you we could just everybody could tell like she's not fake she's real and she's herself and she's raw and I really wanted to uncover on behalf of you know like the people who want to build community I, I had a lot of questions for you and that so we will get there everybody okay first <laughs> first and this is kind of related I know you have an incredible story. I know that not only have you built amazing things in your business, but you've had some trials and some tribulations and you've been through it. So can you give us, I, I know this is a loaded question, <laughs> but <laughs> give me a little bit about your background and how you grew up and what led you to right before you kind of started the business. Yeah. Okay. So uh, fuck. Okay, so I'm I'm originally from Boston, Massachusetts, beat town. Uh, and my mom is Puerto Rican. My my dad left when when I was two years old. So very much like a lot of Latinos, like broken family. You know, uh, a lot of generational trauma that all of us. You know, I know you talk about it too that we're carrying. So I grew up with my mom. I was two years old. My dad left and my mom had bipolar. She became sick when she was 18. And back in the day, like she was born in 1955. So, I mean, we still as Latinos don't have a healthy outlook on mental health. And so, 
she was really struggling as a single mother with bipolar, trying to raise this daughter on her own. And she did the best she could. That said, she was physically abusive. She would just have moments where I'm playing and she just attack you and you just get beaten up and the police come and the neighbors call. And there I go to a foster home and my mom ends up in in mental hospitals. And so this was my my childhood. It's about to say the hood, the hood and the childhood fuck. From two until 16 years old, I just got my ass beat and went to foster homes. So I feel like I grew up in foster care. And it's funny because she did care about me. Like, I can't imagine being a single mother. Like, I have a husband who helps a lot. And I'm still like, damn, the kids are hard, you know? (laughs) Yeah, I'm with you. You know, it's hard. So for her to do that and always fought for me, I almost got adopted. And she was like, hell no, I'm coming back for you. So she really was the first person to teach me dedication, commitment, coming back, fighting, you know, like she, mm-hmm. I, she modeled that for me. So, um, when I was seven years old, my dad kidnapped me. We went to Puerto Rico. She didn't take medication and we had a fucking accident cat, like car flipped three times. We almost died. We walked for three days and three nights and slept outside on patios. Like she was sick. Mm-hmm. And he took me from her and I was there. And that's when I found out about like Puerto Rican culture. That's when I learned Spanish. Like I was seven and I didn't speak Spanish. And so it was a it was a crazy experience for one year and then came back home for the same thing. So I got sexually abused in the foster care system. My mom's boyfriend abused me sexually. And then at 16, I must have intuitively been like, I got to get the hell up out of here. I wanted to be an actress and perform. And I think I do perform now in my life, (laughs) but not in the way I thought. So I was like, I'm going to be an actress. And I joined the U.S. Army that came to my, you know, cafeteria. And I'm like, I'm going to the army. I did terrible in school, as you could imagine. So they paid for school. So I'm like, I'm going to do that. So I went off in September uh, to boot camp. No, it was October, September, October. Anyway, I went to boot camp when I graduated high school, 17 years old, halfway through boot camp, the towers get hit. And I'm like, oh, fuck. Like I joined boot camp for college money. And now they're like, you're all going to war. And I'm like, okay. So my high school sweetheart joined the Marines. I joined the army. We moved to California from Boston. And he went to war for two years. He was at war. And I basically just waited and did nothing with my life. Like I wasn't acting. I wasn't doing anything. And he came back. And I don't know how I learned this, but I think this is a thing that's generational. I gave up my life for those two years to wait for my husband, who we secretly got married. Anyway, we came back, moved to Florida. I joined the army full time and he was doing music school. And one night we went out drinking and driving stupid ideas i think this is very american because in australia people don't drink and drive like we be wild it is very american because i made some bad decisions in high school like right okay see it's crazy it's it's so common like here nobody does that like they will get your ass so i'm i'm out we're like let's go drink a lot of alcohol and then he got in the car it was the fast and the furious fucking no chip car so the max i think it was 180 miles per hour like fucking down goldenrod road in orlando florida and we smashed and i flew out of the car didn't have a seatbelt, broke my back he was okay he was in a coma but he was good and i was in the hospital for like 32 days on a morphine pump had to learn how to walk again. Couldn't fucking pee without a catheter. Like literally like well, every time I pee, I'm like, I'm so grateful I can pee. It's ridiculous. And I'm 40 now. So like 23 years old. That was like a wake up call. I'm like, shit, I better get my shit together. And then ended up starting. Huh? I know it's 23 years old. 23. You're a baby still. I was a baby. What do I know? I'm over here like 
my so, god! And this is like when MTV was out there, and I'm like feeling like shit about myself because I'm literally handicapped. I'm wearing a freaking diaper. I'm in a walker. My regrowth, I was blonde and my regrowth was a hot mess. I think everybody was blonde back in the day, right? Like we all had those moments. I was also blonde. Yeah. Right. I felt like you were. I was like, I know you feel me, right? Janice, we see you with your blonde hair. Like I was just like, fuck, this is horrible. So I found kind of like, I want to get my hair done. I want to put makeup on. I want to, it was so stupid, but the external stuff. And then I'm like, all right, I'm going to do modeling. I ended up doing like pitbull reggaeton music videos in Miami. I don't know how this happened because I'm in the army. But that was kind of the thing too, is like music and like, you know, the Latinos. I was like, okay, we're in Florida. So that was like a different you know, fun thing. And then I'm in the army. So on Monday to Friday in my uniform nighttime, I decided to go to hair school. Cause I was like, I'm not going to stay in the army. So that was like my plan B fuck. I had so many plan B's. That is some shit. I don't have any more. Holy shit. And then on the weekends, I'm a fucking Daytona car bikini festivals and shit. Like the craziest Gemini life, of course. Um, the following year that we got, we, we broke our back and it was crazy. And that accident was horrible. But the following year, uh, we had a party and I'll never forget. It was Cinco de Mayo. It was Oscar de la Hoya with Mayweather, that fight. We had a party at our house. Amazing. I'm like, I'm going to bed because I got the military thing. Gio and his friends stayed up and I went to sleep. I woke up and he wasn't next to me. And I'm like, what the fuck happened? We weren't drinking and driving anymore. We learned our lesson. This was a year ago. We're not stupid. We're like seatbelt, all that shit. So I get I have to go because the military doesn't play. So I'm like, I'm going, guys. Let me know if you find him. I'm calling him. No, nothing's happening. Calling hospitals, freaking out. Anyway, 11.45, cat, and it's raining. And I look out the window and I'm like, I get that feeling like, I got to go. I got to find my husband. What the fuck is going on? Anyway, I told my army supervisor who was like my mother. She's like a mother in my life, Mama Lopez. And she was like, Erica, go. Like, go find your husband. I don't know what happened. So the hospital called, but by that time I didn't have insurance because I was a young, stupid person that said no to the military insurance because I'm young and untouchable. And so I had a hundred and something thousand dollar and still have, by the way, thank you, American fucking taxes, uh, medical bill from my accident, from that accident. So I'm like, hospital called me 7 a.m. That's weird. The billing department doesn't call at that time. So I call the hospital. They're like, we can't tell you anything over the phone. Come in. I don't know what you're asking. So we go to the hospital and they put me in the fucking room. And I'm like, what the fuck's going on? Anyway, they walk out and they're like, we're so sorry. Your husband didn't make it. And I'm like, I don't understand what the fuck you're talking about. And they're like, Giovanni Lopez. And I'm just like, it was like a fucking insanity moment. So he passed away. He got into an accident on his own. Didn't have a seatbelt steering wheel, internal bleeding, did everything they could. He was gone. And I was just like, what the fuck? And at that moment, Kat, for me, it was like TKO. Like, does God hate me? Is there a God? What the fuck? Too much yeah. shit. I'm done. And I just spiraled for three years. I don't. I blacked out. I drank and drove. I had sex with random ass people. I wasn't a kid that did that. I yeah. tried drugs. I mean, just loca. And I met someone in Las Vegas who was from Australia. Mm -hmm. I'm like, cool. He was a fucking narcissist that I did not see because I was so I'm a piece of shit. I'm messed up. I'm broken. I'm damaged. Something's wrong with me. So yeah. I attract this piece of shit. Come yeah. to Australia, delete my life. I'm like, nah, nothing's going to follow me across the oceans. It does. <laughs> I met another man who was an asshole and then met my husband, who was my personal trainer. And he was like, I don't know if you know about the work, but this is what therapy is. And this is what coaching is and, da -da 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 -da, and spirituality and meditation. And I went down this rabbit hole for 12 months and became a completely different person. And then eight years later was like, I'm going to do this fucking work. And then was like in the shower going, fuck my corporate job. 
I just had a baby out of my vagina because my first birth was a hot mess. Like I just had a home birth. I'm a fucking beast. When are you going to listen to the call that's been knocking? It's about damn time, Lizzo said. And I was like, fuck it. And I launched my business at the worst time possible. <laughs> but that was it in 2018, five years ago now. And the fucking rest is what it is. Wow. Wow. Oh my God. I have so many follow-up questions. <laughs> Actually, I, I have two questions I want to, well, no, I'll let, uh, I, I wrote some questions down, but yeah. first, how did, how, very general question, but like, how have you healed from yeah. some of this? I'm sure you're healing, right? It, yeah. It's lifetime, yeah. Yeah. but how are you not mad at the world? Like, especially early on, like I would have just been mad at the world. I was. It's so interesting because now I'm getting my degree in psychotherapy and I'm seeing how people, especially children, when they're traumatized. And and by the way, like, that's a fucking crazy story that even I'm like, God damn, I don't resonate with that. My life is great here. I'm like, fuck me. Huh? Like, so that's a bit crazy. So I get that. That's a hectic story. And it could be your parents divorced at four. And that's enough trauma. It could be you were bullied about your weight and that's enough trauma. So by the way, you don't have to have this crazy story. But for me, I think, I I don't know. I I looked at it and I was like, the one thing, Kat, that really hit me, the one fucking thing was I got broken up with when I was 28 years old in Australia. And I looked in the mirror and I was like, bitch, I kept looking at you. It's always you. And that was my epiphany. That was like the moment of truth. It was like, you're always the common denominator. It always has to do with you. So we can't blame your mom. We can't blame Gio for dying. We can't blame the system. We can't blame the white people. We can't blame the, I mean, you are always here. So hi, nice to meet you. And I kind of had that moment of truth by myself of like, I'm the common denominator in this hot mess. So if anything's going to change, it's got to be me. And how the fuck do I do that? And as a kid, I was angry. I would like people that know me now in Australia. I'm very tame. I would fight like I would punch people and bite people's heads on the bus. I was a fucking angry kid. And I think with trauma, you can go inward and shell and become depressive and inward. Or you can go crazy and get angry and do drugs and be addicted and go like out. And I was very much out. So I had to be careful even now because I have I, I know I have an addictive personality. Yeah, so I have to I have to watch that because that shit was. But yeah, I, pff, fuck, I was angry for a long time. Yeah, I mean, right? I mean, right. yeah, it's one of the. Yeah. It's not allowed to be. <laughs> happens when you're yeah when you go through so many traumatic things. That's yeah. Okay, so you started your business. You got married to your personal trainer, who now is your husband, oh. and you have these two beautiful babies. Not not so babies anymore, but they're two beautiful beautiful babies. How I'm curious, how did you have, you know, how a lot of people who start on social media, did you go ahead and start your business? And that was when you started on social media or were you building this following? Because I feel like for me, my business came after I like played around on social media for years and that benefited me in my business because I was, I was over the like showing, um, showing my, sharing my stories and I'm. How did it work for you? Like, did you just go, I'm starting a business, let's go? Or were you like building community? Yeah. So I think that's, I think it's a good idea to do that, what you did. I I advocate for that right now. Um, 
So I was I was working at a hair company. I came here for hair. I was a hairdresser, so I came here for that. And then I I left that hair company and I was in the shower and I said to my husband, I really, I want to do this. So I was doing styling. So I came to Australia as a hairdresser. Then I became a stylist. I joined this, this for another day, but I joined this business cult. I didn't know it was a cult, but it was like a business. I love community because I'm a foster kid. So it was this community. I didn't have a business cat. I had no business being in this business community. My husband was a gym owner, but I'm like, what should I do? And everyone would be like, you look so nice. Are you a stylist? And I'm like, yep, sure. So then I built this styling business. And I started dressing women and doing that while I was working. So I was always like interested in business and trying to do something, but I didn't have it. It wasn't there. And then the shower wisdom came and then it was like, what does the queen of confidence do? Because it was called the queen of curves before. Your styling business. My styling business was the queen of curves. And a skinny lady said to me, oh, can I come to your event? And I was like, oh, no, we don't want to exclude people. And then I went, fuck curves. What do women want? Confidence. And that was like the boring, simple thing of why the name came. So then I said to my husband, I keep hearing that I need to do confidence work. And it was around the time when like the Tony Robbins shit was cool. Like people were starting to, you know, say, I need to work on myself. And it was like acceptable in Australia, at least because we're behind like 10 years. So I was like, fuck it. I was like, I want to do this. So when I went off to when I came downstairs, I said to my husband, I'm not going to go back to work. I finished like maternity, whatever. My baby was four months old. I'm like, I'm not going to go back to work. I I got this wisdom and I feel like I need to step into coaching and support women with confidence. And Kat, when I tell you that we had zero dollars, we were 150K in debt because of the cult. We had already spent money in business programs. So anybody listening to this, if you joined a program and you did nothing with it, but you consume the content, just trust that it marinates and it sits in you until you are ready to activate it. It is not a fucking waste because I didn't do shit that I air quotes knew two yeah. years later, you know, two years later, here it comes. And I'm like, oh, I know about all this shit for business because I already spent all the fucking money on this. Right. So it was like, that's when it kind of came. And I'm like, I'm going to fucking I don't even know the question because I went off on a tangent. I'm so sorry, but I was like, <laughs> that's OK. So it started. And then what did it look like in terms of community? Social media. Yes. Yeah. So I had a thousand followers on uh, a thousand followers on Instagram. I think I had a thousand followers on Instagram and or 600 followers on Instagram and like 300 on Facebook. And it was my styling. So my events were styling confidently and I would get 30 to 50 women booked out. I was doing this for two, three years. Okay. My styling event on the weekend when I was selling fucking shampoo and conditioner during the day. So it was a side hustle for like five years. For five years. So that's self-doubt to the extreme. I was not going all in. And then when this baby came out of my vagina at home, I was like, fuck it. What are you waiting for? Like this, if anything, it's taught you is you need to go for it. Mind you, Gary V was in my face every day while I'm breastfeeding with my kids watching Gary V, Gary V, Gary V slapping me, slapping me like, stop fucking around, make it happen, make it happen. And I'm like, this guy is so full on. And that's what like kind of launched it. So I had a thousand followers on Instagram. I was not who I am. I was so fake on faith. I was just not swearing. I was trying to like keep the peace. No, you know, 
real fucking like, I want everyone to love me and like me. And then I remember the day I was breastfeeding and I had this ugly ass dress on. And I said to my husband, I'm going to pull the dress down and put a nice shirt on, put some lipstick and a hat and do a video. And you should have seen, I took a photo. The bottom half is fucking mother breastfeeding, hot mess. The top is like, hello, I'm a professional person. And I did a video (laughs) on Facebook and I was like, I'm not doing styling anymore. I'm not interested in styling. I really want to do coaching. I want to work on confidence. So I'm not going to do this anymore. So if you've been following me, that's not what I'm doing anymore. I'm going to be me. I'm going to keep it real. And I I called everyone who bought tickets to this event in February to refund them. And they were all like, I'll come to a confidence workshop instead of the styling. They were like, I need confidence if I'm going to dress nice. And I'm like, okay. And we had no money. I was about to refund people. I was like, great. So like, I didn't have the following. I, I literally started, I didn't have a podcast. I didn't know shit about YouTube. I just like Gary V was like, do everything crushing it. And I was like, I'm doing everything. And I feel like he said something. He was like, no one's coming to find you. And ex- like, it's not like back in the day, Coca-Cola commercials. If you're on the bus and they go, hey, Kat, do you want to be discovered and come into Coca-Cola commercials? Like that's gone. The days are gone of being discovered. You need to make your noise. And so Gary was just hitting me with that. And I'm like, you know what? He's right. I have to tell my story. I have to get on the mic. I have to put. So I said to my family, there'll be cameras in your face. I'm going to be sharing everything. I'm going to be a fucking asshole with a camera. I don't care. My husband's like, oh, what are you doing? And I'm like, um, content motherfucker. Like, this is what we're doing. And for the first six months, he was weird about it until he was like, oh, okay. So yeah. Wow. I know podcast in my car was a hot mess. Like, (laughs) (laughs) no, but that's incredible. I love that one. I think it's really, really important, especially for the listeners to hear that one thing leads to another. My story was really similar in terms of the timing. I, was on maternity leave and Uh, I had been toying around with like personal development content. And and I was a blogger before that. So I was like, yeah. So when I had my baby, I remember having this thought, like, I can't just tell him that all his dreams are possible and he to go after what he wants. Like, I don't want to be the person that tells him. I want to be the person that shows him like, live by example not just every parent like believes in their kid right but like I have to believe in myself if I want him to believe oh my in my god yes so I was four months into maternity leave and I threw an event <laughs> called follow that fear it was October 4th or 7th and that event where I was just like we'll talk about fear like well that's all we'll do and <laughs> After that, I wanted to keep doing the events, but I was a new mom and I was just like a little nervous about that. So I turned it into a podcast and then I told myself, let's just grow this podcast and we don't have to make money. If you make something and you pour into it and I just make this a diary of my business journey. I literally was like, I'm starting a business, y'all. Like I'm going (laughs) to learn. I'm going to take action and I'm going to come back here and deliver what I'm learning. Oh, wow. And the whole first year was that, and it ended up doing really, really well. This is when I also met Janice wow. at that time. Cause she was getting her stuff kind of moving and shaking and that turned into my coaching business. But for the folks listening, I really, really want you to take away here that like one thing leads to another. So it's so important that like yeah. you, you, you follow your intuition. Like if you're being called and pulled, like just do it. Hell yeah. I have a question for you. How did you get comfortable sharing your stories? Because there's so 
real and they're so intimate and, but they're so valuable, right? Like so much, like, how did you become confident to do that? Yeah. As as you've been growing your business? Well, I think like the healing, right? Because there's, I think there's two ways to tell your story. You can tell it from the cut open cut that's bleeding and pussing on people. Yeah. And that's very like trauma dumping. That's very like, it's not resolved. Let me show you my cuts and wounds. Or you can tell it from the scar and there's less emotion. There's less uh, energy there. It's more about a story. There's wisdom there. There's healing there. Uh, It's really a nice place to come from. And so I remember I remember my my styling days, I never shared anything. The the one thing, and if you're listening to this and you're like, how do I start to tell my story? Nobody wants to hear your entire story, number one. Number two, our story doesn't matter unless it matters to the context. So why do we want to share? What's the, what's the point? What's the intention behind it? And then the third thing is, what part of your story, what part, not the whole thing, will resonate the most right now in your life and business? And for me as a stylist, Kat, like I was sharing my story about my back because I broke my back. I'm fucking 23. I'm watching MTV. I feel like shit. My regrowth is wild. I'm pale as hell. My nails are fucked up. And I'm like, I just want some lipstick and I just want you to take me to the tanning salon. And can I get a hair? Like, can I dye my hair? I'm in this like G unit. Fucking I believe vest, it, you know? And, and Gio's like, um, no, you got a moon boot and a G unit vest. Like you ain't going anywhere. I'm like, listen, motherfucker, get me some lipstick and book me an appointment. So I went to the solarium cat with my G unit vest and my moon boot. Con un tan wow. line horrible. But wow. guess what? And was I tanner from one session? No. But how did I feel? I felt like a normal human. I felt fucking ah. amazing. My hair looked good. Then I felt good. So I went, hmm, as a stylist, this is a story like, hey, lipstick matters. Hey, you taking 10 minutes in the morning without your kids so to blow dry your hair, right? So my clients were like, wow, what a story. I didn't say the year later my husband died or I was sexually abused out yeah. of context. Who cares? Yeah. Trauma dumping. So I slowly was like, how can I every, hopefully the people listening, you guys are all supporting yourself five years ago or yourself two years ago, or you're a little bit ahead from the clients that you want to serve. So thinking about where you were and telling a story that they would go, oh my God, that's me. Oh yeah, I resonate. And I just gave a, a slither until I felt more comfortable because that's a massive story. And now I got a video made. I got a video made in 2019. Like my first year in business, I was like, I love video because I'm visual. Yeah. I had, I was investing in video when it wasn't a thing and I didn't have the money to invest because I went, I want to take you on an experiential journey. So like screenshots and photos and stock video photos of my mom and, you know, my audio. And it was a real like, oh, wow. Cause I thought, how the fuck do I tell that big ass story? Now I can get it down in eight minutes, but I would never I would never tell that story on stage. I'll just play the video. And then I'm like, okay, are we done with that? Now do you trust me and you believe in me? Because I think the credibility matters. Like, yeah, easy for you, bitch. You call yourself the queen of confidence and you have a pink fucking room. Of course you're confident. Please. And I'm like, listen, motherfucker, let me tell you. And they're like, oh. So like, I think telling your story helps you get metaphorically naked in front of your prospects in front of your clients and you go look at me I'm gonna show you me and they go okay then I go you see me they go yup then they get metaphorically naked and then they open up but if you're not willing to expose yourself at all why the fuck should I trust you you know a hundred percent a hundred percent yeah 
question for you. For folks who find it really difficult. So I know a lot of people, and I do this too sometimes, Yeah, get stuck in this like perfectionist, I my content needs to be perfect and pretty. My I should have a content plan all the time, especially in the beginning. It's like you think that you need to do things a certain way when the reality is like showing up is better than showing up, you know, not showing up for three showing weeks up. because it takes you that long to make it pretty, right? Yeah. What, what are your thoughts on, or what are your thoughts and also like what helped you show up more versus perfectly? Yeah. I think for me, I was like, uh, get, honestly, the crushing it book, Gary just kept saying like, document, 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 document. And then I thought, I was like, Kat, like, I never saw Oprah coming up. I never saw JLo coming up. I never saw Marie Forleo coming up, but I kept hearing about Marie Forleo doing these ugly ass videos with her phone in her kitchen with a yellow wall and it was ugly. And then I found it and I'm like, oh my God. And if I was fucking Marie Forleo, that should be on my homepage right now on my website. Because easy for you, Oprah, JLo, Marie Forleo, you look amazing. You got the studio. So I was like, I'm going to show you my process of becoming and it's messy and it's fucked up and my phone is shaking and I'm driving my husband's car and I was on YouTube with the portrait mode when portrait mode wasn't a thing on YouTube. So I was like, fuck it. This is all I can do. So like asking myself, what can I do? Not, oh, I can't do this and I can't do this. Well, don't focus on that. Like, what can you do? So I was like, well, I can do this. Fuck it. I'm going to do this. I can learn iMovie while I'm breastfeeding. And so I didn't have anything else. And, And when I tell you we were financially on the edge. And I'm, I'm, I'm the kind of person I am no better, by the way, I'm the kind of person that I have to go to the edge edge. And then I'll go, okay, okay, okay. I'm not like, I am the same, you know, I'm like, Oh, I'm almost pre-diabetic. Okay. I'll get my gut health sorted. Oh, my husband died. Oh, okay. I won't drink and drive anymore. Oh, okay. So I have a fatty liver in 2020 cause I drank too much fucking gin. Okay. No more gin. Like bitch. <laughs> I, I am very similar. We're like risk tolerant. We are like pain. risk people. We will move to pain. So if you're a yeah. business person listening, most people, <laughs> they'll be like expanded marketing. But you know what always works? Pain, girl. Like yeah. pain, we will move. So I was, we had no money. We were 150K in debt. I just had a baby. I'm breastfeeding a four four month old baby. I have a toddler who's two years old, who's a psychopath. All kids at two years old. My husband's working at 5 a.m., in his gym that is fucked. Financially, the gym was sucking ass. He would leave at 5 a.m. and come home at 9 p.m. So I'm single mothering with these two mofos all day. And then we have no money. And then we bought a Tiguan because that's what you do when you have kids and we're stressing and I'm not going back to my 90K a year job. And my husband's like, are you fucking for real? And I'm like, probably thought you were like, I thought I was a psycho. And I'm like, did you remember that I'm American? Do you know I'm American? And he was like, shit. We were looking for coins one time to buy bread. I was like, you got coins. We got this. Like we were fucked financially. I had my electricity on a payment plan. I was doing my own color. I wasn't getting nails done. We were not going to breakfast. We were like struggling, like struggling. And I do believe sometimes that bit of comfort that we have is what fucks us. You have a little comfort. You ain't going to do shit. When you are slapped against the wall and you have no option, but to jump off the fucking building and hope that before you smash the ground, your wings come. I was just like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, hoping that the wings would come. And of course they did, but I wouldn't have jumped cat if it wasn't for the, I have to. 
I have to. So many of us here are sitting here fucking around. I don't want to show my face because I don't feel cute. I don't want to do it because you don't have to. The minute that you have to, you will fucking do what it takes. And the invitation is don't wait till you have to, because that's so dramatic. And then the, the fucking scarcity comes. So one of my coaches said to me, and something I love about you and I value about you specifically is that you invest in yourself and you probably invested money with big ass coaches, 25 K, whatever that you didn't have saying, don't tell me you don't have the money. Shut the fuck up. You get your nails and makeup and bullshit and Netflix. I will put it on a credit card. I will. Rachel Rogers said it. I will go into debt to become a new person so that I can make the money. And now we make what we make because we did that. Yeah. So I was like, I had a mentor and she said, Erica, you quit your job. You want to build your business, but you need a job because if you don't have any income and you're a new coach, you're going to be out there in scarcity and that shit stinks and people will smell it from 10 miles away. So I was like, oh, so I, I organized from the company I was working with. I created a role from home selling fucking Kerastase shampoo and conditioner while I'm breastfeeding my kid, while I'm building my coaching business, $36 an hour working from home. So I was juggling a lot, but I had to, because I was like, we're making this work. I didn't come this fucking far to not make this work. You know, it's wild. You had to have an insane amount of belief. I I, I think you and I are, have similar personalities in the way of like, you need to be a little bit pushed against the wall to like get the, get everything moving. I was very similar. Like once I like quit, of course, well, COVID happened. And then I was really hoping my job would fire me and they didn't. So, so I was like, damn. And, but my role got disintegrated, but they were like, we'll keep you until you find another role here. Um, But so it it was like, God was like, oh, let me make this a little harder for you. (laughs) And then when I mean, after burning myself out so bad, I was like, should I go back to my job? Cause like, this is harder than I thought. Yeah. Um, that's when I was just like, okay, ego to the ground, like mm-hmm. all of all expectations to the ground. Like you have to learn how to mm-hmm. do this. <laughs> and you literally cannot fast track this. Like yeah. you could, you could pretend you could be pretty. You could have pretty posts and pretty Canva. You could do all things that look, make you look so professional. But the reality is that's not what moves the needle. Your work now is to become good at your job. Yes. That's your work. And that mindset shift, I mean, literally I I didn't use Canva for like a whole year, except for my uh, reminders for my podcast. That was the only thing. And I simplified everything and my business grew. And it was like... Selfies from my phone and a caption, Twitter, screenshot, Twitter posts and a caption, IG live, like basics. Okay. But you're focusing on the right thing. And I think it's important because when you, and, and you know this too, because you've invested, like you have to get, I was just talking about this with my husband. I've got a few clients that they're like, oh, I just don't know business. I just, I'm just really good at what I do, but I just don't know business. I'm like, you don't go make it. You yeah. need to know business. You need to yeah. read the business shit. You need to join the mentors that know what they're doing. You watch the you videos. To, you have to. You have got to understand how the business works 
you don't need to be the specialist forever, but how are you going to hire someone to take care of that? Like women be like, oh, I don't know, my accountant. And I'm like, wrong answer. That's yeah. your responsibility. Like, don't be the cute, dumb girl. Like, no. Um, What does that word mean? What is forecasting? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yes. I'm not spending money in my business. That's personal money. Like, these are the things that we try to go, oh, I don't want to worry about that. I just want to be the creative. I just want to be the business person. The business person knows business. And even if you don't know business, you need to learn to know business or else you shit's yeah. a pipe dream. And what pisses me off, Kat, the most is that there's some fucking talent that's listening to us right now. You know who you are. You were fucking yeah. amazing. You were built to be the next big thing, the Latin Marie Forleo, whatever the fuck you want to be. And you may not make it, not because you're not good, not mm -hmm. because you don't have the potential, but because you don't have the fucking discipline required yeah. to stay on track. Yeah. Pipe dream. Like, fuck trust. that. Yeah. Trust the process. Question for you. How have you in your business been able to, I think one thing that pe people want the wins and the money yeah. and the everything quickly. The and what I found is that like, even when you make more money, sometimes your business needs more money. <laughs> like, like, it's not like 100%. you just like, make so much money and then yeah. you made it, you're done. And even yeah. if you do make the money, it's like your lifestyle changes and then you want more things, then you want more things for your kids and then you want more yeah. things for your life, right? I'm curious how you handle scarcity mm. when you have, right? You have a human brain. Of course, of even course. the point of confidence feels insecure. That's why you wrote a book. Oh, yeah. It's called Confidence. What? Is, no, why, why am I? It feels like shit. Yeah, confidence feels like shit. <laughs> I love the title. Like, what? That's the first thing. When I read that title and I like met you and was introduced to your work, I was like, I like her. Like yeah. this, this title is so real. So, <laughs> so I'm curious for you, how do yep. you get out of that scarcity mode when you're about to like invest heavily in something or when you're really uncertain about a business decision of which direction yeah. to go or la la la? How do you handle that to get you back on, you know, on pace? Yeah. I think as, as coaches or people that are in the world of personal development, we have to do what we say for our clients. Like we need to think things through. I think if we get into reaction mode, that's where it's dangerous. Like I better just do this Black Friday offer because that's what everybody's doing. And we make up stories like the economy's fucked. The economy's always fucked. But there's also motherfuckers at Gucci right now buying bags. Bitches are also buying the new iPhone 17, you know, like, please. So if we're not careful and thoughtful as to why we're doing what we're doing. So I investigate my brain and I inquire my mind. So my mind says nobody's buying. We should lower the price, for example. OK, cool. That's one option. What impact will that have? And then I follow it. And then what will that create? And then I follow it. And then I go six months, one year. Oh, and then I follow it. And then I have a look at my market. How am I marketing? How am I talking about this offering? Who am I speaking to about it? And so I, I really think things through and I zoom out. And sometimes we're very zoomed in, like up close nose to it. And like you're in the fishbowl kind of thing and you can't see. Yes. Or you're too zoomed out and like no specificity at all. So yeah. it's not going to happen. And you're just like fluffy affirmation bullshit and you need to zoom in. And 100%. so when you have a mentor, you when you have someone who literally has walked the walk, like fucking basketball players have eight coaches. They get paid millions of dollars, eight coaches. You don't want to have one because you think, you know, because you could Google them podcasts and YouTube. Get the fuck out of here. Like 
walk with the people that have done it. Like your work that you do, I know you've felt that feeling of investing and wanting to vomit <laughs> and going, fuck, but then you're all in. Yes. And you are at the front row. I it see you. Like you'd be like, what you just said, there isn't a plan B here. Like we, we're not no. fucking plan Bs. Like there is one direction and we're just navigating the way that you go. 100. And I just want to call out something you said is you look at the fucking data. Like you yes. look at the data when you have to make decisions. And when you are in scarcity, I always tell my clients, one thing I live and breathe is like, you have to evaluate the work that you're doing, 100%. especially when you're making a decision or like when you're just even when you're in your own head about your business or a client said this or whatever the case is, you have to look at the data, actually review what actions have you taken, which ones work, which ones don't work. What do you totally. not do again? Right. Like, and actually identifying that. So that is 100%. so, so helpful. Yeah. And I think too, like for me, like when I was, when that, when a mentor said that to me, so firstly, I had a mentor and we were doing a contra, by the way. I was doing her hair and she was coaching me. So I didn't have money to pay for her, but we get creative. Okay, people. So she was like, Erica, you need to get a job because at least you get basic money so that you're not building your coaching business in scarcity. Please have no shame in getting a job. It is a plan. I'm here until this happens. And when this happens, I'm there. And when this happens, I'm doing that. Think about the phases and the steps. If you have a big legacy and a big vision, you cannot do step 17 right now. You're at step two. And the more I focus on step 17, then I'm not present with step two. And I'm like, but I want to do no discipline, baby. Fucking blinkers, pink ones. I'm going to buy one of my clients, the horse blinkers, because she just is fucking over there. And I'm like, Mija, <laughs> this way. I'm like, Merry Christmas. Here are your fucking horse blinkers. Like, you don't have the discipline to keep your fucking head here. And I still see in my peripherals, my vision is there. I see you, baby. I'm coming for you. But I will not be able to make it to you if I can't even fucking complete this task here and do yeah. this. And then you go, boom, boom. And this is how it looks. And then someone goes, Kat, you're killing it. And I go, don't fucking yes. say that to me. You don't know what the fucking sacrifices yeah. I'm making over here. So, yeah. <laughs> so have a job, work a job. And then on the weekends, don't go out and party with anyone. Fucking mm-hmm. focus on your business. And then yeah. tell your partner that there's going to be a camera in your face. And then do like, and every money you get, every money we get still, we mm-hmm. are investing in the business. We're paying ourselves. <laughs> Yeah. And my let me let me tell you, my lifestyle has not changed. I, I kind of don't agree when people make more money that your lifestyle should change. I think it's yeah. a trap, a, a poor people's trap. It's like, it oh, really I made is. some money. You know, I got a Gucci bag. No, like, no, yeah. unless you're making millions, millions and millions, you should not have a car that's at that bracket. You should not have Gucci fucking bullshit. And then you yeah. realize, actually, I have all this money and I don't even want a Lambo. I yeah. actually don't want that. Yeah. Oh, shit. Like, it, it's a crazy trap that our people we get into because we've seen the Gucci and the Jordans and the fucking bullshit and the houses. Mm-hmm. And so I think if you have a job, have a job, and then there's a plan. And then when I hit this amount of money, I'm going to invest this in the business. Then I'm going to do this and phase out your steps and just know thyself. What step are you on? Mm-hmm. And, and be patient because... They're phases. I look at my business growth as a phase. There's a phase where I'm not on Zoom, where I'm not coaching anyone, where I am Tony Robbins fucking date with destiny and speaking in books. That yeah. phase is not right now. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? It's like, I know that's coming, but I can't mm-hmm. be that now because I got to do this, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah, a hundred, a hundred, a hundred percent. And I think also like learning how to appreciate and have gratitude for the life you have right now and the mm. work you're doing right now. Like, be excited about the chapter you are in and your business. It will get more complicated. It will get harder in some ways. So, like, rejoice in the in the newness yeah. of everything in the new chapters and like the if naivety. You, yeah, like actually look at your life and like have gratitude for the things that the opportunities you have and all of it. Uh, yeah. I, I want to say too. Yeah, I want a question. The, oh, yes. <laughs> Go about ahead. The documenting. You know, you said about the documenting. Uh, I just have an invitation for anybody listening. Anything that happens, even if you're not okay to share it now, that moment won't come back. Like the moment we jumped on, it's gone. The moment that I met you in Manifiesta, that's gone. If if you are listening to this and anything happens, my invitation is take your phone left, right, up, down, doesn't fucking matter, and record. How are you feeling? What just happened? What are you about to do? I'm about to go on stage. Oh my God, I just got off a webinar. There was a hundred people. Oh my God, I just got a book deal. Holy shit, I just met Kat the Cobb. Oh my God, I just joined this program. Everything that happens, I just got chills, that is important, document it. Save it in a folder, in an album called Behind the Scenes. And when you're ready, you could then say like, holy shit, that was the moment. And I'll tell you right now, one of the most powerful things that I did was show up messy, fucked up, no followers, hot mess, didn't know what I was doing because the people that have been ride or die in my community on social media, especially Instagram, they go, holy shit, I remember when she was there and now she interviewed Gary and now she did the thing and now she, oh my God. And they've been on the journey and I go, let me show you how I did it. They go, of course, I want to learn from you. You, I watched you do it. So if you could do that now and keep it for yourself or if you're brave, share it. Every big thing you do that's big for you, please do that because that album will mean so much. That's your fucking visual legacy. So, so good. I think I needed to hear that because sometimes... I, you know, I feel like as our businesses become more sophisticated, we look at them more strategically, yeah. right? And my emails yep. this and my contents this. And I think my, a lot of the work I'm trying to like talk myself into now is like, you're still in this, like you still want to yeah. capture these memories. Like you're still very much in it. You're just beginning. Like this is not, this is like, let's continue documenting. Yeah. Let's you remembering these moments. You got a lot of big things ahead. I know. Um, okay, one more question. You brought up the story about when you when you were at the hospital and yes. you were like, I need lipstick, I want to get a tan, I want to feel good. And it reminded me of a conversation I have with my mastermind students often, and it's about creating emotions. And creating confidence. Like yeah. when we do feel this way, how mm -hmm. do we create the emotion we want to feel so that we can just become more optimistic and like start looking at the the end goal again mm -hmm. versus the inside of our own, like, you know, of inside of our own head, just telling yeah. ourselves how much is not working and how much this is never gonna work and meh, 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 meh. Yeah. For you, I'm just curious how you teach this or how you, you know, your thoughts about like, how do you create confidence? And, and this was an example, like you did this to feel a different way. Like you literally yeah. felt different. And I think yeah. that's such a skill. How do you do that in your day to day? Like, what are the things that create confidence when you are maybe doing something scary for your level, right? Like when yeah. 
when you're making a big decision or when you're feeling nervous about something, like how do you create that confidence when you need to in your business? Yeah, such a good question. So I have in the book, I have a five-step process and this is after like researching confidence for 10 plus years because I was doing confidence with hairdressing. I was doing confidence with styling. And then now as a coach and therapist, I'm like, holy shit, I've got so much of this research. And we created like a five-step process, very simple, literally one, two, three, four, five steps of what the most confident people do and how confident people make decisions. So I'd love to share that. But then on the flip side, uh, I get nervous and scared, hashtag doing it scared every fucking day. I said to my husband last night, I am so not near my comfort zone. I want to vomit every day. Like I'm extremely uncomfortable every fucking day, cat. Not one day a week. I don't know what comfort is. I'm out. I'm like fucking in the ocean. Like Diablo, there's fucking sharks around me and I'm scared of sharks. And I'm like, fuck, but I wouldn't have it any other way because what the fuck is life if you're not living it to the max? We're not doing this again. Maybe in another life, we're not going to remember. Like, this is it right now. So, and I think because of death and I think because losing my husband, and I think because of the car accident, I've, it's been so close to me that I'm like, oh, bitch, you got another chance. Like, we're not fucking around. I have this vivaciousness and energy that is always on fire because I know it's going to finish one day. For, we're all going to die. For sure, that's a guarantee. We don't know when. So it's like we go on ham. Um, but the process of confidence that I that I created, and, and it's not anything crazy. It's very simple. It's the five C's. I'm going to give it to you as a, a free download for anybody that's listening so you can cool. play with it. But number one, confident people make choices. They are making decisions in their lives. If you look at anyone that's confident, air quotes, confident, what are they doing? They're making decisions. They're doing shit. Our life is our fucking decisions. Do I go or do I not? Do I post or do I not? Do I make the offer? Do I offer it? Like these are decisions, right? So number one is choice. Um, I would say, what's the big scary thing that you keep avoiding? Put it down. I'm not saying do it, but just write it down. You know what it is. Fucking quit my job. Fucking start my business. Get on Instagram, whatever. That's a choice. Number two, confident people step into courage. So courage in my definition is you're scared as fuck and you go anyway. <laughs> it's not. I am so courageous and I am amazing. Courage is I'm shitting myself. There's pee dripping down my leg, but I'm standing on stage. But I am fucking sweating from the pits. And every time I get on stage, I would have done a spiritual poo beforehand. And I tell the audience I had to do a spiritual poo. Y'all, I'm nervous. I'm nervous as fuck. My heart's racing. And then I feel less nervous because I told them and they're all like, what the fuck is this person telling me? But I yeah. don't give a shit because it frees me. I feel free. I'm like, fuck you, FWOT. So number two, courage. Um, you're supposed to be scared. So high five if you're scared. Number three is create. And create is about <laughs> what you just said. Like if we don't create a way forward, nothing will happen. And it's not action because you could take 17 actions, misaligned, be exhausted, burn out, and nothing fucking positive happens. So sometimes you have to create a way forward. Sometimes you have to get creative with the action and what you do. So create is about one small, tiny step. How do you eat the elephant? Chew on the baby toe, right? Like that's the small thing to the big choice, right? Then number four is consider. And this, I think we can do a lot better on. Consider is about, all right, I took the action. Was it good? Amazing. What was good about it? What we talked about before. How did it go? Oh, where could it be better? Oh, I, oh, I sucked at that. And you're going to suck a lot, my friends. You are going to suck all the way hardcore. I hope you suck. Because if you suck, it means that you then can get better. Nobody's good without having sucked. I sucked. Mm -hmm. I think you sucked as well. We don't suck now at all, right? Yeah. So I don't want to suck. 
too bad. You got to fucking suck. So consider, right? (laughs) For sure. Like, how did you go? Oh, that was good. Amazing. What about it was good? Oh, that was shit. This is where people would say fail. And I'm like, you can't fail. And be careful with the words you choose to identify with. Because if I say I failed, therefore I am a failure. I don't know about you, but I want to go home and eat ice cream and sit on the fucking couch. Failure. That's not fun. So I'm like, you know what? That sucked. I learned that that wasn't the way. Okay, cool. What did you learn? Next step. Number five is continue. Confident people continue. They go again. What's the next choice? Let's go. And so continue and courage, number two and number five, don't really exist. It's kind of like the wind beneath your wings. You can't say I'm in courage. It means you're scared. So you got to take an action. Oh, I'm continuing. So if you don't do this, I guess the opposite is fucking instead of choice, it's indecision. (laughs) If you don't do courage, it's fucking fear. If you don't create, it's stagnation and indecision, inaction. And if you don't consider, you just sit there feeling like an imposter, like, oh, I'm so shit. I'm a procrastinating imposter. And then if you don't continue, you don't get momentum. So continue stagnant like you're done. So you fell down and you stay down. And I'm like, get up, bitch. Everybody falls. Oh, I fell. Look at me. Who cares? We're not looking at you falling. We're worried about us not falling. Get back up. You know, like go again, because if not, it becomes like a crowbar in your practice of confidence. And you don't, I feel like it's a practice, you know, like yoga, it's meditation. Like you don't get too confident. You are creating it. It's a thing that's, we're rolling with it. Like I'm, I'm meditating. I don't get to meditated. And then I fucking step on a Lego and an asshole cuts me off. There goes my Zen bitch. Like I'm, it's gone. I have to go again into the practice, you know? And I feel like confidence is like that. No, it's so, so true. I love, 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 love these. Honestly, the first one for me, confident people make choices. Yeah. They make choices. They make decisions all yeah. the time. That's all one the of time. the first before I started any of this, before I even was blogging, I was always into personal development, of course. And yeah. Tony Robbins, I read one of half of one of his books. And one thing that pulled out to me is you have make quick decisions. And mm-hmm. that was one of the first pieces of advice I took. And I was like, yeah, that's so true. I got to make quick decisions. This yeah. is so good. I Everybody go buy Confidence Feels Like Shit. I need to. Sorry, I have it already. Well, uh, Audible as well. Audible got oh, everything based, like audio. Perfect. I'm not Who a... Read? Who can yeah. read friends with books? I'm like, I love you. Yeah. Love you so much. Not gonna happen with an actual book. No, girl, me. with kids right now, like we ain't we ain't reading. So oh and I'm God. a mandalto. Yeah. <laughs> um, you are amazing. You I are you. so, so generous with your wisdom. And I appreciate you so much. I love you. And I'm so grateful. I want to share something. I want to ask, uh, not ask something, but I feel like I saw something online and I remembered your name and some other lady, I don't know who posted it. And it was about And I really, I don't know if we can talk about it for like a second, but it was about like payment plans and offering marginalized people. Oh, do you remember that post? It was something around like. Sometimes talk about, I mean, I sell high ticket and I have, and I don't, and I have no problem with it, but I think, I I think, I think, tell me if I'm wrong. I do have this belief that like the most equitable thing you could do is give your service, um, give your con, give great content and yeah. then let the prices and your stuff don't fuck with that. Like yeah. charge what <laughs> you charge. You need yeah. to keep lights on. This is your job to keep the lights on in your business and thrive. So yeah. I do have that belief when it comes to that, but I don't know if that was yes. it. Yeah, there was, there was some, there was something. And I, and I, and I think it's important that like someone said something uh, about like, 
charging a payment plan, uh, how they do payment plans and they charge extra and like how that's not fair to marginalize yeah, people. Yeah. whatever. And I was like, don't get into a fight because I don't be doing that shit. I really can have a chance to consume because yeah. I'm creating, create yeah. more than you can. I know which one you're right? talking about now. Yes. And I love her. She's amazing. I think she's amazing. But I was like, I don't agree. I'm sorry. Like, like, yeah, as business people, if you offer a payment plan, we are taking a risk on someone yeah. who we are taking a risk and we are delivering yeah. goods. And so, yes, you should be penalized. And I am a woman of color. We brown like we Latinos yeah. like I know I've been penalized myself. But guess the fuck what? When you pay, you pay attention. Yeah. And if I got a payment plan and I miss a thing and it's no different. Of course, I should incentivize if you pay up front. Like, yeah, I always so see quiet. it as like, to me, it's business decisions, right? 100%. Like you own the business. It's a business decision. When I, I think I wrote this. I don't know if I wrote it in there, but like when I sold my mastermind, I did pay in full only. And that. at that time, the mastermind was a lower price, but it was painful only because I was going on maternity leave in four months out and I needed that cash to Hell start yeah. Things in my business, and I was unapologetic about it. It's my yep. business. You don't have to join. Like you don't. I want you to. You're invited, but you know, yeah. I mean, to I each know. their own. But I'm like, look, it's your business, and you make the decisions that's that work best for you. You know, exactly. Especially and permission. I know, and permission to do that. And I just think, like, I love watching you, and I love your integrity because. And if you're listening to this and you haven't worked with her, what the hell are you doing? Because she is so integral. I just love that about you because you do invest in you. And I see you, you're paying for things and you're joining programs and you're learning from your mentors. And then you're teaching what you're learning in your way as a Latina, which I think the translation that we can give to our people, yes. even if I got white people that love me and that are not Latinos, but they're like, I love your ABC one, two, three, yo, 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 motherfucker translation to Eckhart Tolle's A New Earth. And I'm like, I got you, girl, because what the fuck is Eckhart Tolle saying? Like, I love you so much, but I'm sleepy when I'm driving, listening to A New Earth, but the world needs it. Pero in a language that can make it ABC one, two, three, you know, like Cardi yes. B style, you know? Yeah. And so I love that about you because I think that, you know, you lead by example. And let me just, I want to, if you can share quickly, like, how do you, when you were not making any money and when you didn't have the money to invest, how did you see going, I'm going to put this on a credit card or I'm going to make it happen? Like, how did you have that, that oomph to do that? Because I think a lot of yeah. people don't. And I, I feel mean, like I your audience still have here. to make these hard decisions, right? Mm -hmm. Like I just invested in a $25,000 mastermind. And this was one of the first times I really didn't have the, it's it's not that I didn't have the cash. I didn't want to spend my cash yep. <laughs> on, on this. And even, you know, I think back to the heart, one of the harder investments I made was when I was pregnant because mm. a lot of people in my masterminds, when they're pregnant, they take a break. Yep. And I remember having this attitude of like, I don't want to fucking take a break. Like yep. I want coaching and I want support a week after I give birth and a week yeah. before I give birth. And if I use it, great. And if I don't use it, so what? Like it's there. I yeah. want it okay. I want it, you know? And I forked out so much money the year that I was, you know, was pregnant and had my baby. But now looking back, it was just last year, but it's like, I'm reaping the benefits of those investments mm. now. Mm. 
now. So for me, I'm always thinking long, long term. Like I don't need the results right now. Like I'll, I'm cool if they come a year later. I'm cool if they come six months later. I'm just always like, what do I need to get to the next level and what kind of support coaching? But I easily, easily Mm. will get it. I've had my client, I had one client that's inspired me so much. She sold her car to work with me. I was like, what? And I didn't tell her to, this was all like, she told me after the fact. And I was like, do you know how amazing this story is going to be? Yeah. You have no idea how incredible this story is going to be in a year from now, in three years from now. And imagine like, if you got into her wallet and were like, oh, no, you can't afford it because of this, like, stay out of your yeah, wallet. That's not a good idea. That's not that's not your concern. Like, how amazing. What a gift. Like, what a gift. Like, I'm so happy I went into debt. 150K. That first year, Kat, we made $160,000. That first wow. year for me. And I wasn't, I didn't have a group coaching program. I was doing events and coaching and that was it. And then that November I launched the sisterhood and made everybody pay in November. And I didn't even believe anyone was going to join 25 women joined. I priced it at nothing, a thousand dollars for a live program with eight events or six events. Ridiculous, stupid, went stupid, but I'm like, I don't believe no one's going to do it. And literally launched the program the next year and then went online. And that second year we did 554,000. Like that second year, Puerto Rico food stamps fucked up, should be homeless. And I'm just like, what? Like the naivety and the not knowing what the hell you're doing. No staff profitability. Now I have staff anyway. (laughs) You know, it's like, holy shit. And that's one of your signature offers, right? I know. That's like my baby. That's the thing. But it's, and it's evolved and we changed offers a bazillion times. I have 17,000 million Kajabi offers like most people, you know, (laughs) the pages just go and go and go and like, fuck. But like, I wouldn't have done that if I didn't get into 150K in debt. Yeah. Debt at 30. 132. What a loser. I was like, what the fuck am I doing with my life? I'm not successful to then go two years later, implement what I learned. So if anybody's listening to this and you're scared to invest, welcome to the club. If you're like, I wonder if that program that I bought four years ago is going to do shit for me. The minute that you decide to activate the knowledge that's inside of you in your subconscious and get the right mentorship, you Uh can have every fucking thing you want. Like it is available for all of us to have it but not all of us will have it because we don't have that fucking drive and that discipline because there's fucking comfort. A hundred, a hundred percent. Your belief that this, it goes back to no plan B baby. Like no plan B like that. No plan B. No, this is it. Unless you're getting started, then like put your ego and get a job. So you don't got to be in scarcity. That's the only one. hundred percent. A job that you don't love either. Don't be loving your job. Like focus on your dream. (laughs) Yeah. Um, thank you so much. I love you and I appreciate you for such a gift to this world, to the online space, to women, to Latinas, to all the things. You're amazing. Thank you you. so much for being on the show. Where can people find out about sisterhood, your sisterhood program, sisterhood live, um, all of it. So I'm on Instagram all the time. Um, I think that the best thing I like people to like consume a bit and see yeah. if they vibe so that they know what kind of crazy they're getting into. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean if, on you, Instagram. <laughs> if you are feel if you're listening to this and you're like, oh my God, I love Erica, her vibe, her energy, like 
Go right now to her page, follow her, consume yeah. her stuff. She has a downloadable on her on her website, thequeenofconfidence.com. Go learn about her. Like, actually take it in. Tune into the podcast, Confidence Chronicles. What else? There's just, I just do a lot. Like you said, like a lot of content for people to get to know. And I think I'm, I'm really passionate about supporting women to step into confidence, to heal their past, to stop playing small. So I love the mental mind space. Um, we need to heal. All of us have trauma. Okay. We all went through COVID. So if you haven't had any fucked up life, just you went through that. So there is enough there for us to have to work on. Um, and I think that I guess I'm like the big sister who will kick your ass into believing in yourself. I'm very nurturing, but I will also be like, stop fucking around. Let's go. So if that work, is though. the vibe. Yes. You've if that the is work. the vibe, <laughs> sisterhood, uh, we have a beautiful community as well. A lot, a lot of Latinas, a lot of American, a lot of people in the UK, you know, overseas. Um, and I think one of them. Yeah. One of the things that I think was powerful about COVID was like Zoom. Don't get it twisted. You jump on a Zoom. You could change a damn life if you're on the other side with the right kind of people supporting you. Like you don't need to be in person. That's bullshit. Like you don't if therapy is not working for you, then maybe you need coaching. Maybe you need both. Like, you know, it's it's a lot. So come and see me. Come and say hi and make sure you tag us if you like this episode, because we would love to hear from you. I love you, Kat. You're the best. Thank you so much. <laughs> Hey amiga, if you are not on my email list, you are missing out on some juicy content. I share sales and marketing tips every single week. Plus, you're the first to know about new freebies and webinars and all the other things fun happening. To get on the list, sign up for my free training, How to Sell Out Four Figure Offers. This training will also shift your mindset around what it really takes to book out your coaching business. So sign up in the show notes or on my website, katdalcarmen.com to be added to the email list. I will see you next time. Mwah.